Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Strother. I'm Tharwit Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears, crushed their limiting beliefs, and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Shift Her Podcast. I'm Kelly Struther, and I am just thrilled to introduce our special guest to you today. Crystal C. Mercer is just a little girl from Little Rock, Arkansas. An all-around Afro-creative, Mercer is a textile artist, actor, activist, poet, playwright, author, founder, and creative director of Columbus Creative Arts and Activism, and lead designer and merchant of Mercer Textile Mercantile. Mercer is the recipient of grants from Penn America and the Dramatist Guild Foundation, which help her continue her charge as a storyteller and a keeper of the culture. She's a graduate of the Clinton School of Public Service. As a dedicated public servant, a woman of many creative talents, and the daughter of the legendary late civil rights lawyer, attorney Christopher C. Mercer Jr., she honors the legacy of her father by using artistic mediums as a tool for empowerment, education, and social justice. From Arkansas to Ghana, Mercer has made an international impact as an artist and an activist. Welcome, Cece. We are just thrilled to have you today. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me on May the 4th be with you. (laughs) So we're just going to dive right into mindset. I think as our listeners know, um, here at Shifter, we really are all about how um, positive shifts in your mind can really lead to leveling up in many, many areas of your life. So I'd just love to know if there was a significant breakthrough that kind of occurred at some point in your life that shifted a belief or your mindset that had an impact on you? Yes, I I say it will start early. I wasn't in business. I was in school, but it led me to where I am today. It was a very pivotal moment in my life. Uh, As you mentioned, my father, rest his beautiful soul, CCOG, Uh, attorney Christopher C. Mercer Jr. was an attorney in most of my life. I just figured, you know, my dad's an attorney. I'm going to be an attorney. It felt like that was the path for me. I was going to major in criminal justice and psychology, and I was going to go to law school and, you know, pass the bar and practice and go to court wrapped in kente and pick my afro out and, you know, do all of the civil rights lawyer things. But in the 11th grade, in my communications class, we had an assignment to redo a commercial and we performed it in class. There wasn't any recording involved, but I reinterpreted uh, the Soul Glow commercial from Coming to America Mm. and everybody was in stitches. And I don't consider myself to be a comedian or that funny, but everything was kind of lining up and it felt good to be on stage. So my senior year of high school, I signed up for acting one, acting two, I auditioned for plays. I was cast in shows and I decided (laughs) that I was going to major in theater arts and dance, which I did get my undergrad degree in. My parents were 
very concerned. They're like, what happened to law school? <laughs> what happened to this thing you were supposed to do? But I just fell in love with being myself and bringing other people to life through these characters I was playing. So it was in that moment I felt like, well, I honor and respect what my dad does, his craft, his practice as an attorney. But I really found something that connected with me. And as much as I want to follow in his footsteps, I kind of want to make my own footprints. That's awesome. Um, and, and what a blessing, I think, to hear that you found that before you actually got into college, got into the real world. I think so many of us have trouble thinking, oh my gosh, what if I do take a different path than my family's expecting? And it's a scary place. Um, I know a big influence on me, Rebecca Campbell wrote a book called Light is the New Black, where she talks about, you know, your passion is to follow what lights you up. And mm. a lot of us, you know, could you maybe speak a little bit to those of us that, that kind of need that extra bump or extra courage um, or per perhaps just permission to actually follow the things that do light us up? Yes. So it, my parents were concerned, as I said, and my dad was like, no, you're going to be a popper. You're going to be a starving artist. And I was like, no, dad, I'm really good. I got cast in this play called We Are Music. It was uh, put together by our teachers and students. We did research on Black music from slavery to the present day. And I was a narrator. So I got to be in every scene and I was kind of like Vanna Black, got to walk across stage and tell this part of the story. And my parents came to school and saw our first show. And my mom was still on the fence, but she was like, okay. And my dad was less worried. So it kind of freed me a little bit because I was very concerned. I mean, I was 17. I was still living at home. I was very concerned about what my parents thought, but I was like, I'm about to go out in the world and I need to make sure I'm going where I want to go. And so one thing that I discovered because I declared my major freshman year, theater, poetry, and textiles, even my last name, a mercer is a merchant in textiles. I started writing poetry when I was seven, before I found the stage, because I was uh, kind of awkward and I didn't really know how to talk to people. And I feel like sometimes we wait for someone to bestow this gift, even using the word permission, like we wait for someone to free us, but we have to realize that we're already free. As much as I love the law and as much as I thought I would be a fantastic attorney, I still think that sometimes, you know, it lingers in the back of my mind because my father has passed away and I think about his legacy, but I freed myself when I chose my path. And I feel like people, mm -hmm. if they have it in them, when the time is right, they will know that permission is not needed or granted. You just have to follow your path. I tell my nieces now, they're, they're four and six. So hopefully, you know, something I'm, I'm planting the seeds. Mm -hmm. But I tell them that your heart is the only compass you'll ever need. Like that is what's going to guide you in this life. You have to trust yourself. You have to trust your gut. You have to do the things that make you happy because not doing that and waking up miserable is just... It's a lowly existence not to honor yourself. Absolutely. So I would just recommend that people tap into what it is that they love 
and go for that because we all will work this government job. This is a good job. and You have health insurance and you can get a car and you have paid vacation or stay on this course, you know, get you something with the state or get you a certificate. And all of those things are beautiful if that's what lights you up. Because it's a lot of people, I work for the park service, I work for the state, they want to go, they want to crunch numbers and, you know, they want to do programs and work with other agencies. And I was like, this is cool, but there's something else that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I just had to do it. And it took a long time to really get there. But if I can quote Nike, just do it. (laughs) Just do it. And I love that. Those are really important words too, though, talking about really getting into the feelings. Um, I think it is so important that we realize we have to get out of our head, stop thinking about how and why and what everyone's going to think and lean into those feels, really get into your gut. Um, It can absolutely be the make or break between waking up to freedom and excitement or waking up to dread each morning, just like you said. Mm -hmm. So, um, So kind of along the same lines, I know that that, that, you know, learning what lit you up, got you into this, these creative roles that you're playing. But another big part of the roles you're playing is, is activism. And that's just, you know, an empowering role right there in, in and of itself. And um, I'm certainly very, you know, inspired by, by seeing some of the things that you do. Um, I know that activists can also be viewed as dreamers, you know, and um, I think you and I were talking before about um, an author that we're both fans of, Lovey Jones, she says, if we do not give ourselves permission to dream, how do we give ourselves permission to thrive? You know, mm. we're all about not surviving, but thriving in this life. And so um, at the same time, this world we live in, I know you, you know better than most, it's, it's tough. So what, what do you do to keep yourself dreaming and keep yourself, you know, empowered to, to pursue that activist path? You know, I use my practice to be a conduit for these stories. So I don't just rest on flowery poems and pretty pieces of art. Sometimes it's very grotesque. Uh, Something that helped me get closer to what I describe as my infinite rage and my infinite peace as a person seeking balance and justice was really falling deeper into my practice because being able to express what I was feeling um, in a tangible way where people could gravitate to it or analyze it, question it, uh, align with it, you know, wherever it was they were falling because sometimes people don't agree (laughs) and that's okay. I'm like, I don't agree with oppression. So, you know, there (laughs) there we are at that. Uh, It's very difficult, and I've had a lot of conversations with friends who do activism work, because I used to be all in the streets and all of that, and uh, my activism has maturated in a different way through my art and other avenues, kind of bringing people together and letting other people lead, because a part of the work is not self-serving, it's serving others. You, You have to know how to be compassionate and serve others. And some of my training at the Clinton School of Public Service really kind of gave me some finite tools to express it in a more mature and responsible way. 
because I got to carve out what this means by interacting with people on a daily basis who may or may not really be with it. But, you know, we have a lot of people posing. We have a lot of people doing the work and it takes it takes a lot because it's difficult. I don't know. I mean, everybody who's listening out there and Kelly, you and I having this conversation, it is difficult. It's beautiful and it's it's joyous and it's all these other wonderful things that I hold on to because I don't believe that my ancestors just gave me pain. But it's difficult to be a Black person in the United States of America, not just with the police killings and the brutality, but the systematic structures of oppression and racism that are traditional and historical. You know, this has been going on for a very long time since the inception and the ideas and, you know, the people who dreamt of what this country would be. And that didn't include me in the beginning. And so it's every day, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm playing catch up because black people, a lot of people, black people, brown people, yellow people, red people, women people, little people, <laughs> generations <clears throat> behind these folks who have control and power and money and who want to keep folks in a certain position. And so, you know, I have to take care of myself. I know when to tap out and be like, I need to revisit this tomorrow. I know when to tap in and, and be informed, but it is very difficult to navigate the space of, of your joy and your activism, because at some point people just expect you to be gracious and keep fighting, but I am fighting so that one day I don't have to, because that too weighs on your existence. I want to be free. I want to walk in a store and not have someone follow me. I want to be able to go anywhere in any town and know that there won't be a threat on my life from the residents or the law enforcement. I want to be able to have a grocery store in my neighborhood with fresh food and options for me to eat things that are healthy and healing to my body. Very simple existence that can lead to my freedom. So, I mean, Kelly, girl, I don't know how many years you got. We can go on and on about that, but it's very important to, I'll, I'll wrap it up for y'all. Uh, and, and folks who already follow me online, they know us up <laughs> and my response to some of these things, but I, it, it is a struggle to be woman, to be black, to be of color in this country. And I'm using my art and my joy, because I believe that is resistance to, even on days when it's hard, to continue a fight that I do not want to fight in the middle or end of my life. And I know that won't be the case for me because, you know, I'll be 38 this summer. My dad lived to be 88. And some of the struggles that we're still experiencing, he worked all his life for in the ground above him. The atmosphere hasn't changed. And I need that change to come because I have nieces and nephews and people who are coming behind me where I want the road to be a little easier to freedom. That's so powerful and um, certainly commend you. I mean, I know you talk about how just black women in general in the country have these boxes that their society wants them to fit into that's supposed to. 
you know, we're all about breaking down those supposed twos. And I mean, Mm -hmm. from the outside looking in CC, I can tell you, I can see that you are breaking those glass ceilings in a whole next level way as a black woman who is thriving. Um, just as a change maker, lifting others up, speaking directly to the heart of others with your storytelling. I, I just commend you so much. And is there anything else that we can do as allies of women of color to help hold that door open for you? I believe this is a powerful platform to do that because having the conversation, I feel like understanding breaks down barriers. It's a lot of people who hate me in this country. I mean, general overall wash of hate. I'm not, I don't have any specific or any duels lined up, but they hate what they think they know, what they perceive, you know, these stereotypes about black people, but they really don't know. And black, Cambodian, Australian, you know, whatever, it's not a monolith. There are variations in every culture from our shade, from our upbringing to our dialects. And I feel like understanding breaks down barriers. So definitely your platform, having the conversation and even bringing these women together for us to empower each other is the most powerful thing that you can do because there are so many people who do not even take the time to have a conversation. Well, I know that is something that we all um, just are so proud of and it hold kind of sacred is this, this mastermind community that we've created where women can really come and have a safe space to bring anything to the table and get creative collaboration from other women that they may not interact with on a normal basis. And so um, in, in that setting, you know, we really do like to show women that whatever they've got in their past, whatever their mess is, it can be turned into a message. Um, would you say that that's kind of how you've turned that part of your life into your message? Or is there something else that, that you would call your mess that maybe you're, you're now getting to use to serve others? Yeah, it's still messy around the edges. There's so much work yeah. to do. <laughs> it's, it's messy, but I believe the message is every day I get to an opportunity to clean a little bit more of it up. And some of it's not my work. It's like other people need to work on what they're doing, but some of it is definitely my responsibility to be an activist, an advocate, an agent of change. And you use these, you know, these these barriers, these pitfalls, these canyons, these, these obstacles in your way. Every time I break through, everybody behind me is that much closer. So that's what I'm living for, because I know just from my father's experience and the work that he did during the 1957 Central High Crisis and just other things during his law career, he practiced law for 59 years. Other notable people who are out here doing the work, making the art, having the conversations. It's hard. It's grotesque. It's not pretty pictures and like, yay, we, you know. It's very hard work, but it's rewarding. And I may not see the world that I imagine, but somebody will. So that's the message for me. Somebody will see it. And I have the vision and the foresight to know that it will happen. I'm just planting the seeds and laying down the bricks so the road is a little easier. 
you're working to manifest that change you wish to see. Yes. Yes. And I think going back to what we talked about with, you know, that motivation to dream and stuff, it really sounds like you are hugely motivated by how you can serve others and really help show them that they can, you know, there can be change. There can be a positive outcome to come in the future. Um, that is so important, but at the same time to validate what you're saying, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's scary. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in a whole different light and a whole different part of life, I've had to learn that same uh, message of kind of pushing through fear and in transitioning out of a, a career I maybe felt safety in and, and a solid, you know, steady paycheck to instead be present with my children and, and take a scary leap. And, you know, I think a lot of us get to a point where we want to do something big like that and we just keep, okay, well, when I'm ready or when, when the cards line up in this way, or mm-hmm. maybe next year when it's a little easier. And the truth is we are, we're never going to be truly ready. Ready is a lie that our ego uses to tell ourselves to just stay safe. And there mm-hmm. is no, there's no growth in, in safety and comfort. And um, so what, are there any particular tools or, or tips that you could maybe help our listeners with to ha- how you overcome stepping into that fear? Yes, I, I want I want to start with this because I had a very beautiful morning. Shout out to Arshia Khan. I took my first yoga class in like over 15 years. And we were trying to meet up some other time on some other thing. And she's like, you're really busy. <laughs> she's like, you need to breathe, be mindful. I'm like, yeah. And today seemed like a perfect day because I knew I was going to be talking to you and talking about mindset. And I really wanted to not only draw from what I know, but also pushing myself to do something different. And that's what I would encourage people to do if they are afraid, because it is scary. And sometimes you don't know if you can trust yourself because there are so many other messages telling you what's impossible and you do have to believe in what's possible because every day I live is enough the fact that I'm sitting in front of you breathing and talking and upright and healthy like that is a beautiful feeling I've been very close just with some of my medical issues uh to the end of my life and sitting here I'm like oh I'm alive I'm in my body She's working. She's cute. So now we're going to get to work. (laughs) We're going to do what it is that we need to do. Um, There's just so many avenues that I'm sorry, I was getting (laughs) when you're on the phone. It's like all the things gone through. The the world is calling everybody listening. Um, But there are so many things that that are helpful for me. I don't know if they'll be helpful for anybody else, but I do want to offer this. Be mindful, breathe. The one thing that I found very hard to do when I moved back home to Arkansas after being in Ghana for almost a year, I found it very difficult to breathe deeply because the oppressive atmosphere of America, uh, my dad used to say oppression is like a lead blanket on your back. And I definitely felt that heaviness when I came home and I have to remind myself to breathe. I mean, even on my Apple watch, every time it sends me a reminder to breathe for a very long time, I just ignored it. Like I could not even breathe. 
I was so stressed out. Like, breathe. Do something you love. Be in the sun. The sun is just like, get that vitamin D and get that light on your skin, be in the rays. You have to actively work on your happy because everything else is breaking you down. And a part of my happy is my practice. So whatever it is you're into, be it art, be it your own business, your entrepreneur spirit, raising your babies, traveling, reading, cooking. I also love to cook. I'm a bomb chef. Like I do things. I, I have to actively work on the happy. So that's what I would you know, recommend for people who are leaping into this new area of themselves and going a little further, reaching a little higher. Just tap into that happy and do it as much and often as you can. And when you can't, don't. That's fine too. I also think we have a lot of pressure to kind of stay woke and stay up and be positive and be kind and do all the things. I'm not all of those things all the time. Sometimes I need a moment to reset and recoup and just be into what I'm doing to heal myself. And that's important too. Absolutely. You have to, you know, fall into, as you said earlier, falling into those fields. Well, there are a lot of feelings. Happiness is not the only one. There may be sadness, there may be frustration, but then where you jump back into, okay, how do I shift my mindset? What is going to get me out of this circle that I don't want to spin in anymore? And that's when those other things should kick in. Such great advice. Yeah. Um, Tharwood, one of our co-founders likes to say that emotions are little, like little envelopes of information and it really is important to feel through them. But I, I totally agree that, you know, we're talking about what lights you up and following your path. And it is tough sometimes to know if that direction and that little voice is coming really from your heart, from your gut or what other people are telling you. And I do find that if you, you know, get that chaos feeling, literally stepping into the sunlight, breathing, getting still with your thoughts, it, the, the stiller you can get with yourself, the more you can really hear that, that whisper in there that is very important. So, yes. well, so let's, let's shift and talk about your badass um, author role you've been playing lately. So this is not <laughs> only your, your first book, you've got a new book that's just come out your first book, a love story waiting to happen. Uh, that, that was your first full collection of poetry, correct? Yes, it was. And so now you've got a brand new book. It's, it's amazing in many ways. It's called From Cotton to Silk, The Magic of Black Hair. And it is kind of written as a children's book. Um, I know you guys that are listening can't see a picture right now. I highly encourage you to look it up. I know. I have it right here for those who will catch it on YouTube later. Yes. And we'll put a picture of that up. But the cool thing about this book, not only the message, the message is amazing. And I want to ask you about that. But also every illustration in this book is your own personal textile handiwork. You hand sewed the quilt work of every image in this book. And I know that was a labor of love in every yes. shape or form. Tell us about the message of this, this book. Well, it's really an ode to cultural beauty that's simply put, but I wanted to pass on a true family story to my nieces, Claudia Giselle and Bianca Elise. I use their middle names as the characters in the book. And I just, we're all so in awe of each other. Like, I did not know you're a mom. And like, I'm not a mom. These are the closest thing I, you know, my, mm -hmm. my nieces are the closest 
little people I have to children. I did not know I could love so much. <laughs> like yeah. teary eye, like boohoo crying, like I miss you, I love you. Uh, and sometimes we like leave each other audio notes and it's really cute. We have a very, we have a very good relationship and I want them to grow into the fullness of themselves because me as a little black girl, my hair was ugly. I wasn't pretty or I was pretty for a black girl. I got teased all the time about my hair. It wasn't cool to wear Afro or have big hair, do these things. And this is what my nieces love most about me. If my hair is out, they want their hair out. If I'm having Afro puffs, twists, whatever, they want to do it the same way. And so I wanted to encourage them to hold on and embrace their natural beauty because they're mine. But there's so many other melanated babies across the world that have some of these same issues growing up where they're teased about how they look or there are laws in place where you can't wear your hair a certain way, be it locked, be it braided. It's ridiculous. This is how it grows out of my head. Well, I washed my, my hair this morning, Kelly, because I wanted to be real cute for y'all. Um, this is what it looks like. So it's drying now. I, I have an Afro. I was born with it and I still have it. This is how my hair grows from my head. So I wanted to give my nieces a piece of this beauty, you know, and I love to stitch. So that goes back to earlier me telling you I'm a merchant in textiles, being a mercer and using my practice, my craft to tell this story and empower young girls of color to embrace their natural beauty. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm just so excited for you and, and for this message that you have put out in the world for young girls, um, especially black girls, but really girls of all color could use this message at that age. You know, I'm sure that that was something that you really wish you would have had to read when you were that age, you know, being teen. This is the book I needed. I needed this book and I'm happy that I got to stitch it. <laughs> it took 467 hours, wow. but I love just stating things in real time. So stitching by hand and I do have machines and if I'm making garments, sometimes I even stitch my garments by hand. I love hand stitching. I want to just state in real time. I want the needle to prick through my finger when I'm tired and I don't want to use my thimble. I want the fabric laying across my lap. I want to be exhausted and frustrated and, and really understand why I'm telling this story. I want to cry into the threads. I might bleed a little. That definitely happens when you're working with sharp objects. It's just hazards of the trade, be it the shears or, or, or the sewing needles. But I like how it feels. So like I, this story came from a real place. It came from a true story. And then it came from my bare hands. You think about lumberjacks you know, chopping wood or like strong men lifting iron, like how strong they are when they make something with their hands. That's how I feel about this book. I made it with my bare hands. It reminds me of like grandma's recipes that they're handing down. That secret ingredient is actually love, you know, that's it. <laughs> um, well, that kind of brings me into a question we love to ask all of our guests. Um, so considering, you know, where you are now and all that you've been through, all that you've come into in your life, if you could go back and give yourself advice as a younger girl, what would you tell yourself? I would tell little Cece, the most radical thing you can do is be yourself. I, love that. I think she needed to hear that. 
And I hope that I can impart that wisdom on little girls now or the little girls inside of us all who were told we couldn't be what we knew, who we knew we were already. Yeah. Just be yourself. That's radical. That is so good. That's such a good message. And I mean, it's personally, I, I think having been through it, it's, it's worth unlearning whatever you think you need to, whatever work you need to put in, because you're going to not only serve everyone better when your cup is full, when you're fulfilling what your true self is, but you're going to break the generational curses of, you know, our daughters, our nieces, and show them that they can follow that path of themselves. They don't have to go again, go, go into the supposed tos, you know? Mm-hmm. That's so true. Well, um, it has just been such a thrill, such a, a joy to talk with you about all these things. Um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Of course. So I have some digital real estate on my websites, crystalcmercer.com and mercertextilemercantile.com. Uh, you can also find me on social media at ccmercer2, that's T-O-O, as an also, like my dad. Uh, and uh, you can follow Mercer Textile Mercantile on Instagram, Facebook. I'm also ccmercer2, I'm also on Twitter when I really want to just go in. I don't go too hard, but. <laughs> and we'll be sure <laughs> to put all those in our show notes. Um, Yes. You have just dropped so many pearls of wisdom today, Cece. Is there anything else that maybe we didn't cover you'd like to relay our, to our listeners? Well, I just, again, Kelly, I want to say to you, thank you for having this platform, for being brave enough to have the conversation with me, with anybody. I feel like what you're doing is amazing. And I just want to encourage everyone, but especially women, because I'm repping for us who are out here struggling, grinding, following our dreams, you know, tending to our partners, raising our babies, watering our plants, taking care of our dogs, you know, cleaning our kitchens, cooking our meals, that I support you, what you're doing, Kelly, what everyone else is out there doing. And I hope that the love that's pouring out of me will be reciprocated because we do need each other to make it. We do. Thank you so much, Cece. You're so welcome. Thank you everyone for tuning in to today's episode of the Shift Her Podcast, and we will catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Shift Her Podcast. We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media, and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at Shift Her instagram at shifter.co and read more about us at www.shifter.co while you're there sign up for our high vibe monthly newsletter where we share even more inspiration and stories from our mastermind program links from today's episode are in the show notes